Welcome to Movies Are Life. I'm your host, Nathan Chandler. Today we are entering a world of pain and drinking white Russians in honor of the Big Lebowski, which is celebrating its 25th anniversary. The cult classic film from Joel and Ethan Cohen will return to the big screen for a limited time only on April 16th and April 20th, so it was a perfect time to celebrate this 90s comedy. I'd like to welcome in first-time guest and avid bowler Matt Jankowski. So welcome to the show, Matt. And I just assumed you were a great bowler. I don't know if I was right or not on that. You know, I, I enjoy it. We do a annual one 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 year or one time a year we go bowling. Basically, okay. it's a annual Thanksgiving uh, tradition. It's a oh. you, you go and you bowl off the turkey, and we even have a uh, trophy that is passed around that goes from house to house, winner to winner each year, and. It started off as a chicken somebody had, and my sister-in-law mounted it to a trophy bottom and got a, you know, nameplate for it and everything. So that's amazing. I I enjoy bowling, but I would not say I am an avid bowler. (laughs) It's like the Geller Cup and Friends. I don't know if you're familiar with that or not. (laughs) Right. That's a, that's an awesome tradition. I'm jealous. (laughs) Right. Uh, Yeah. Kind of like the dude. I mean, you never actually see him bowl. So. Right, right. I know. <laughs> I I really honed in on that uh, during this rewatch. I was like, oh, that's interesting. But um, so I've gotten to know Matt over uh, the past couple of years. We we both uh, attend the same church and uh, live in Norman. And um, you know, we I think we both enjoy pickleball, even though we never played against each other or with each other. Uh, but we'll have to <laughs> remedy that sometime soon. But. I reached out to Matt about reviewing this film because it was your actual social media post that spurred it. You you made a post about this coming out in theaters and I was a little, not uh, shocked is the wrong word, but when I realized it's the 25th anniversary, I thought this was a excellent time to cover this film because it had been a while since I had seen it. And also I love all things Coen brothers. Uh, I, I've seen all their films. I, I think I'm pretty sure I own all their films. And so, uh, but before we dive into <laughs> my passion for their works. Um, so, so just a quick overview of this film, the big Lebowski is a 1998 crime comedy film written and produced and directed by Joel and Ethan Cohen and stars Jeff Bridges as Jeffrey, the dude Lebowski, a Los Angeles slacker. I think that's putting it nicely, but an avid bowler. <laughs> He, he is assaulted as a result of a mistaken identity, then learns that a millionaire also named Jeffrey Lebowski was the intended victim. The millionaire Lebowski's trophy wife is kidnapped, and millionaire Lebowski commissions the dude to deliver the ransom to secure her release. The plan goes awry when the dude's friend, Walter Schoback, played by John Goodman, schemes to keep the ransom money for the dude and himself. Sam Elliott, Julianna Moore, Steve Buscemi, John Turturro, Philip Seymour Hoffman, and Tara Reid also appear in supporting roles. Amazing cast here. The Big Lebo- yeah, the Big Lebowski received mixed reviews at the time of its release, but over time, uh, the reviews became largely positive, and the film has become a cult favorite, noted for its eccentric characters, comedic dream sequences, idiosyncratic dialogue, and electric soundtrack. In 2014, the film was selected for preservation in the United States National Film Registry by the Library of Congress. A uh, spinoff titled The Jesus Rolls was released in 2020. Did you know that? 
I I have seen it. I have not yet watched it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but John Turturro reprises his role as the Jesus and served as the writer and director. But uh, I've looked it. It didn't garner uh, very favorable reviews. I don't think it uh, took off like this movie did. So before I go into why I love this film, uh, what what's your personal relationship uh, with this movie? I had a mixed start to the movie. I never saw it in theaters. Um, I don't think I saw it until a friend in law school invited me over when he found out that I hadn't seen it. And that was, uh, 2005, I believe. And sat down, watched it with him. And I was like, John, Tom, why? I, I, I don't get it. You know, it was it, first watch was, yeah, it was entertaining, but nothing really stood out to me. But over the years, I've just come back to it and, watched it time and time again and it's like you pick up something new every time um since then i've kind of tried to uh become more dude-like in my own (laughs) life i i I like i like the philosophy um you know just kind of go with flow and if it doesn't work out at the end you just do what your your own thing Right, right. Like, yeah. Grab a rug, walk out the door. <laughs> yeah, I know this was definitely uh, not something I saw when it was originally in theaters. And as I've been doing this podcast, I've realized more and more, <laughs> I just keep referencing, yeah, I first saw this movie when I was in college, which has made me think, rethink uh, like how I spent my time in college. <laughs> Cause I feel like I watched a lot, a lot of movies. But um, uh, as I mentioned, I always... I've always loved the Coen Brothers movies. I think probably one of their first films that I saw was actually Oh Brother, Where Out Thou, which is probably not one of my favorites of theirs, but um, the uniqueness to it. I remember seeing that one in the theater and it just made me kind of start exploring their past and stuff. So even their worst, worst film is still like, better than most people's films and so i just always loved i th- their sense of humor is something i've always connected with but i love like even with a movie like this um i mean obviously they've gone in darker territory with something like no country for old men where th- they are for sure hammering in certain themes and stuff but i think there's even this movie even though this movie is definitely <laughs> meant for laughs uh, totally. I, I was actually, especially on this rewatch, was surprised how I, I thought it was very, uh, uh, I, I thought it was deep in a lot of ways uh, about life. Um, and oh, so, sure. yeah. And so um, I, I really, really enjoyed this, <laughs> this watch this time around. It had been a while and I laughed. I even had a poster of this movie uh, at, at some point. I think I, I worked at a movie theater the summer after my freshman year in college. Nice. And there were, and there was this, I was, I was the projectionist. Uh, I'm sure it's all like digital now, but I actually like spooled the thread and, you know, clipped it wow. and all that kind of stuff. And so, but there was this like in the corner, there were all these old movie posters and um, the Bill Lebowski was one of them. I was like, I just thought I hit, hit like pay dirt. It was like the original poster when it came out. And uh, they said I could take it as long as I didn't like sell it on eBay or whatever like that. So <laughs> it was a fixture in my apartment wall for a really long time. So was it just like, was it funny to you? Did you think, did the humor still stand up? Oh, yeah. 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 This time? I mean, it, yeah, just, you know, Lebowski, the deadpan, um, just the, the situational comedy, um, you know, of how all, it, 
how how many things how many themes were repeated you know he gets kidnapped he gets injured in the face he's <laughs> comes back and he's just fine and he moves on to the next one um you know it, it, there's some some slapstick there's uh uh forget what's his name the the cowboy uh, I do have to admit at the outset, I'm not a huge movie buff. Um, <laughs> when you, you know, you talk about the Coen brothers and you name off a bunch of other movies and I'm like, Oh wait, I've seen that. I think I, I knew that they did raising Arizona, which admittedly I I've watched for the first time about a year ago. Um, and just my wife quotes it frequently. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, I might want to, you know, watch that at some point. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, just, it, yeah, it's it's funny. Oh, oh yeah, for sure. I, I found this little uh, piece, and I, it it made a lot of sense to me. But the film is loosely inspired by the work of Raymond Chandler. Joel Cohen stated, "Quote: We wanted to do a Chandler kind of story. It deals with characters trying to unravel a mystery, as well as having a hopelessly complex plot that's ultimately unimportant." <laughs> and uh, right. yeah, and uh, I appreciate that because uh, probably there's like a lot of terms like you know nihilist and uh, even, you know, the dude's approach to life, just the easy going. And then you have Walter's, um, you know, Vietnam War experience, which I don't know if it connected with you, but I was like, oh, wow, this like character really came to life in the last couple of years. <laughs> true to yeah. life. Like, yeah, uh, you could kind of almost see Walter uh, storming the Capitol. <laughs> I thought. Right. <laughs> but um, there's some definite PTSD going on right there. And, you yeah. know, it, it it's funny because Walter... It, you know, he's army, he's Vietnam, he's, you know, all about his brothers that died, uh, very much a rule follower, you know, the scene where Mark a zero, <laughs> you know, pulling out the gun, Mark a zero. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, and following the Shomer Shabbos, uh, can't, can't work, can't do anything, yeah. but then he's all about breaking rules when it suits him. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I connected with. And then seeing the quote about it being based, you know, kind of loosely based on uh, Raymond Chandler's works. I, I really connected to that because in life, and I do think it's important, you know, you hold on to these deep beliefs of however, you know, the core of who you are and how you go through life. And so all these characters, as you mentioned, you know, as loose or not loose as their rules may be, that is the code that they follow. But what I like is that there's the story where they things happen that none of the care none of the characters in this movie ever have control of the situation. So right. uh, the plot of the story is just funny in itself, but it's funny how quickly we as people shed those core beliefs to just make it to the next moment. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, and and you have people from all different walks of life that the dude doesn't fit into kind of any social structure. You know, you've got the nihilist, you've got the, uh, I'm going to say Mr. Lebowski is kind of your wealthy, well-to-do Republican capitalist. And then you've got uh, your military guy in Walter. Um, You've got Maude, you know, the the far out liberal uh, hippie art lady. Um, and he kind of intersects well with any of them, but at the end of the day, doesn't fit into any of those roles. 
Right. Yeah. And I think the irony that the character that truly gets it the worst at the end is Donnie. Right. Who, you know, <laughs> for, you know, lack of better terms is told to be quiet. <laughs> That's a nice way of putting it. Yeah. And I mean, I think it's, uh, I think it's too uh, comedic effect, but I think they're, the Coens are actually trying to say a lot there. I think all these actions are, you know, that, you know, extreme as they are, how they can, affect the ones that you love you know everybody right. everybody is very self-centered here to say the least and often that affects you know those around you and so um uh just poor donnie and just yeah <laughs> poor donnie and, yeah and i actually kind of not that i i enjoyed watching this movie again because i it really was a movie i mean i thought about these things as i was watching it but I, I, I don't want to let go of the fact that this was a movie. I completely just kind of enraptured myself into, it was just, it was just easy to kick back and enjoy it. And I was just, after it was over, I was like, man, that was just a lot of fun and a really good movie. It starts off with this like tumbleweed, uh, you know, going through the city, you know, and it's, it's definitely relating to the dude and how he just kind of goes through, you know, goes through life. But, um, I thought, have you ever, have you ever been to LA? Um, I, I never have, despite as much as I love movies and have had a lot of friends that live there, but I thought it was interesting. I mean, the Coens are known for just making their settings and locations a character unto themselves more so than a lot of people. And uh, anyway, I think, I feel like they, um, I, I believe they originally are from the Minnesota area. Uh, that's a lot of that inspired Fargo. Uh, their movie but so it definitely felt like this was like an outsider's perspective of la and the cd side of la do you have you ever been there or i have uh flown into la never been to la proper um yeah. went for a my cousin's wedding on manhattan beach one of the beaches there's so many of the little beach towns that are something beach but um you know, it, it's weird. I did not get as much of the location being central to this plot. You know, it, it's almost like this could have happened kind of anywhere, uh, um, you know, because you, you've got nondescript. Um, you know, the, really the only place that I think needs to take place in L.A. is the uh, next to last scene of them putting Donnie in the ocean. Right. Uh, you know, because I mean, every every other place you're talking, you're you're going to a bowling alley. Yeah, uh, yeah. You're 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 in uh, some crappy uh, rental house. You're you know at, at a mansion. Um, I, I don't know. I, I just it, it, the it, you could have had that opening almost anywhere to me. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. I tell it. Yeah. I. I totally see what you mean, how it can be placed in that. Cause uh, you know, even my hometown, my, you know, my bowling alley didn't quite look like that, but yeah, it could, you know, right. um, you know, most bowling alleys, I, I wouldn't say the newer ones that come out now and the kind of like main events or like bigger complexes and stuff, but it is funny how any kind of bowling alley in any kind of little town, even though it may look a little different here and there at all, <laughs> they, they all could uh, be the same place almost. But right. um, yeah, I, I, I kind of felt like, uh, you know, they, they, they play into a little bit of the, um, 
the artists, you know, that at one point they're in that theater watching that guy do the uh, interpretive, you know, art. And then you have Juliana Moore's character who does True. that, that paint and that, you know, the, the German, <laughs> the German <laughs> band here and stuff. And I, I felt like they were purposely kind of poking fun, you know, we're, we're used to always seeing, you know, Hollywood with, with LA. And I think they were trying right. to show, you know, with the big Lebowski, you know, he lives in this mansion, but then you have the dude who just lives in this, I mean, uh, shabby, like duplex of, you right. know, condos of some sort. And, um, but it still allowed them, like you mentioned to have the beach, you know, it still has these, you know, different pockets and stuff like that. But right. uh, uh, oh no, to me, it almost feels like, LA and I, I feel like New York some way you could ha be like the dude <laughs> and have this like lifestyle and somehow still exist in this world. But I think it also maybe ties back to like, you know, uh, movies like Chinatown, uh, these kind of crime elements. I think that's probably, probably why they set this crime story there. You know, there's been a lot of movies and stories right. uh, like, like this, that kind of, you know, had always kind of been set in California and it might've been maybe a little nod to, the, I, to those tales. I guess to get into the, you know, they the, you've got to have for Jackie Treehorn the the smut, yeah, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. To see to be able to to make those films out there, and I guess that was that was pretty central. Uh, yeah. So, I, I just want to know that Whitney didn't watch this movie uh, with me, but the the little part she saw of it, and uh, <laughs> the dude is just hanging out. She she just know that. I bet he really stinks. And she just really wanted me to uh, note that on this podcast that she, <laughs> she had that thought. So, you know, I, I have to, I have a feeling that he's, he's like any decent hippie. He, he's not necessarily going to stink. He, he might smell like some patchouli, definitely smells like some weed, but yeah. So, uh, I, probably there's people that would label me into a type of personality, but I, I, I like an order to things, uh, you know, I like being organized and that sort of thing. So I could never, I could never get into <laughs> the dude's uh, lifestyle. It almost makes me envious, not completely envious, but you know, sometimes, you know, ignorance is bliss, right. You know, like right. the fact that you can <laughs> go on just going, taking things, no matter even in the dire situations that he gets in this movie, he always just has a resting place, whether it's in his pot or it's the bowling alley or, you know, and so I guess we all have those in some, some form or another. You know, it's, it's, I, I don't know. I, I kind of feel the dude has this inner peace about him that I, I, I try to, uh, replicate my own life. I'm not very good at it, but it, it, or at least most times, but you know, it, it's kind of one of those deals of things are going to happen and you just got to go with it. And, you know, it's not, he gets picked up, you know, and basically kidnapped on two occasions and he just rolls with it, you know, hops in a limo. I don't know where I'm going, but it's going to work out. And, you know, I, I'm sitting there. There's no way I'd, you know, not be fighting and scratching, trying to get away. And he's like, oh, let's just see what happens. Yeah, it, it, it's kind of nice, though, I guess, if you don't have anything else tied to your <laughs> tied to your name. True. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, he, he didn't have kids that he had to worry about making right. sure he got home for, you know, if it, he's out for two days, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> no, no dogs to feed. Yeah. Well, uh, 
I, I mentioned the setting, but also one thing that the Coens are always known for are their eccentric characters. Um, and not only what I've always loved, not just the lead characters, but you can tell that everybody, no matter how big or small the supporting role is, they they just get these. You mentioned the scene earlier, but like Smokey, the guy who you know supposedly crosses the line or whatever. I mean, right. he just has this unique look to him, you know. And um, and even when you have an outlandish character like the Jesus played by John Turturro, uh, even his little buddy that's with him, who's kind yeah. of you know portly and he has a like mustache. I, I that's what I've always loved about their movies. Was there any of those? Uh, type of characters that you kind of stood out to you i mean they're yeah like you said they're all of those are great mart marty the landlord you know he's he's <laughs> awesome you know he shows up in his uh 1990s uh gym class teacher shorts hiked up to his waist and you know <laughs> tells him about his dance that he has coming up and then you know just kind of you can tell he's a, a, a shy not really outreaching type of guy and hey dude it's the 10th <laughs> <laughs> yeah no, man rent you know <laughs> you kind of have to pay for to live here <laughs> yeah I, I just always love they obviously ha have had hollywood stars but they very much their i think their worlds become so lifelike because you know we get so used to I don't know why that show is coming to mind, but like Grey's Anatomy, right? Like, you know, point me to the hospital where everybody looks like that, right? You know, right. but that's just, I mean, that's just what we get accustomed to in our entertainment. And I just love that they always seem to find like normal looking people, you know, yeah. and, and they know how to write to those faces and to those lines. And they're very much known for like their scripts are you know to the t they're they, they don't do much improvising uh on the fly and uh, i was reading that like john goodman even like reiterated like one little scene that that they maybe kind of played with but like every dude in this film is like it's scripted like there's really? not one yeah there's not one out of place and so uh anyway they just they just get they get into the heads and, and i just like it because it's like no no small role like the landlord that you mentioned, you know, it all, it, it plays to the scene. It's not there right. just to exist, but you know, we learn a whole lot about the dude's situation just through that one character asking for rent, you know? Right. And it, you know, the, the characters it's um, we, like I said, I don't bowl a whole lot, but we actually know the owners of sooner bowl here in town. And so I follow their social media and, you know, see pictures of the league that they post there they could be characters in the big Lebowski. I mean, it's, you know, it, you, you could, I could expect to walk in there and see people that look like Smokey and Donnie, you know, rolling a couple frames. <laughs> oh yeah. I actually have written down here. The dude says, uh, man, Hey man, 147 times in the movie, nearly one and a half times a minute. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah. Quite a bit. Also another word that's quite used quite a lot is the F bomb. Uh, that's, um, What's your what, what's your guess of how many times it was used? If man was 140, I'm thinking it's got to be at least half that. It's actually the F word is used a very in a, some kind of variation 292 times. Oh wow, double. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I I I got very like, I, you know. Whitney doesn't mind watching like an R movie with me, but like a movie like this that really leans into that or something like Goodfellas or something like that. I right. become, I become very, I don't know if it's the, uh, 
uh, youth youth uh, ministry child than me or whatever. I get I start getting really sensitive <laughs> to how many times it's used. But um, but yeah, yeah. It you know that's um, growing up grew up in a fundamentalist church, and it, you know we we did not cuss. You know it, it was it was definitely a no. You you don't even do the dang. It's you know you go for something else. But uh, so I, I relate to uh, Sam Elliott. You know in the the middle of the movie when he goes, you know, dude, I really like your style, but do you really have to use so many cuss words? <laughs> he, he probably says, "What the f- are you talking about?" Okay, dude. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, I don't think you could just discount the great quotes in it. And another thing, the Coens are just masterful in their script writing because, uh, you know, a, a line like the rug really tied the room together. You know, it's it comes up, uh, I think, about like five times in this movie. Right. But to have to have the confidence that that line is funny and that it can be used as a narrative thread throughout this whole plot, I think is amazing. Right. Right. And the yeah, I mean, yeah, there's you just thinking back, there's just so many great one-liners like, you know, well, at least I'm housebroken. <laughs> the movie off. Yeah. Uh, and I love, I love how Lebowski, he, he hears things and then he uses them in turn and everyday uh, conversation. You know, he sees the, he sees Bush on the TV earlier on in the movie. And then later he, he says, this aggression will not stand, you know. So. Right. Yeah. And and when he first meets Maud and, you know, she's talking about the female anatomy and he repeats it, you know, multiple times after she says each one, it gets repeated by him, mm-hmm. you know, about 10 or 15 seconds later. Yeah. He's a very, he's a very impressionable man. <laughs> right. So, as, as much as he goes with the flow of things, he, you know, he, uh, he, he, he doesn't like to think for himself too, too much. <laughs> right. Movie musings. This movie kind of has imagery of Saddam Hussein and, right. uh, it, you know, it evokes a lot of things. Is it there? What's a memorable event in your life that you distinctly, distinctly remember from the 90s? Well, I mean, I, I do remember um, the when that war started. And watching it, you know, watching the first airstrikes live on CNN and just being like, wow, man, this is this is happening. My dad was uh, reserve Air Force and actually ended up getting called over there. Um, so, you know, I, oh, wow. that, that definitely stands out to me. But, yeah, it's because uh, I, I think I'm a, a, a few years older than you. But so the the 90s, I was fully aware of what was going on um started high school in uh 91 so you know i was pretty much paying attention and informing my world viewpoint at that point oh yeah for sure oh what year did you graduate high school 95 95 okay yeah yeah so yeah i did think it was funny that this you know movie you know it came out in 98 it's looking back at this time, almost like it was like a long time ago, <laughs> like right. a long time ago. But um, I, I, I'm curious to why, um, I mean, there's kind of these deep seated, you know, th- thoughts, you know, uh, politically with what was going on at that time. But I, you know, I, 
I don't know if it necessarily, you know, the story almost feels like it could take place at any moment. I wonder right. why they, I wonder why they leaned, in, leaned into that for, you know, for the story to make connection there. I don't, I, I don't know. Maybe it's a, a tying it into the next kind of never ending war. Um, you know, cause uh, what, by 98, we're pretty much the, the major, uh, military operations were finished for sure in Iraq. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. Yeah. And, and, and that I think by then, you know, the whole WMD debacle had started to come to light and yeah, maybe, maybe it was, you know, a time that people felt comfortable already going back and kind of being able to question that. Right. Yeah. Um, my my second movie music question for you, you actually kind of already hit at the beginning. I, I was going to ask you, uh, do you enjoy bowling? So, uh, <laughs> but I have to know a little bit, how, how many people participate in this, uh, in this tradition? How many people do you usually have? So we, it, it depends on which of my wife's family are in from out of town, but okay. it, it's always our four, my wife and I and our kids uh, my parents, um, her dad, her mom, when she was still alive. Um, and then her sister and brother-in-law from Lubbock, they come every year. Um, she's got another sister that comes in pretty much most years. And then her, her sister's kids have come in as well. And every now and then we'll have, uh, another straggler that if they're around, we'll, take them with us. And actually this last year we, we had our kids. One of them took a, a friend that they're talking to, <laughs> to, to the family bowling experience. But, yeah, so, that's- you know, it, it, we usually get two to three lanes. And so anywhere yeah. from 10 to 15 to, I think the most we've ever had is about 17. Okay. So do a lot of people go bowling during that time? Mm-hmm. You know, it is there. There, it's actually pretty, pretty crowded by the end of wow. the day. Yeah, huh. we we usually, you know, we do a do the turkey trot in the morning, then we uh, have dinner about two thirty three, sit around for till about six, and go and bowl and watch college football. Man, uh, yeah. we're gonna, we're going to join you guys. Uh, you should. Thanksgiving. <laughs> it, it's a great time. <laughs> um, uh, so this is a very important question, but do you love or do you hate the Eagles? I would probably be on the hate side of the Eagles. What? Really? Yes. Yes. Really? <laughs> do <they're>, tell. <laughs> I mean, you know, they're they're fine, but that's just a whole, I don't know, that whole era of music is just not my thing. Hmm. So, you know, people have nostalgia for it. I, I, I never did. Interesting. And so I, I, I can definitely appreciate that. Yeah, <laughs> I do. I, I do have some, uh, some other music that I do not like that people called into question quite frequently, but you know, I, I like what I like and I don't like what I don't like. <laughs> so are you, would you consider you uh, yourself a big music fan? Uh, for the most part. Yeah. But I, I, yeah. And I, I'd say that my, music taste kind of got locked in in that uh early to mid 90s a lot of nirvana beastie boys oh, yeah. uh, that that era 
rap was um, played quite frequently. Uh, a little bit of Robert Earl Keane, Jerry Jeff Walker. Uh, yeah. That, so, I mean, the, it, it covers a, a large spectrum, but I don't know that 80, 70s, 80s rock just does not do it for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm actually a, a big fan of 70s and 80s music. And so I, not that I necessarily grew up on the Eagles, but uh, my parents did have uh, the live CD that they came out, Hell Freezes Over, uh, the live album, um, which is, uh, I think most of the songs on there are kind of acoustic type of take, uh, but they have a really cool version of Hotel California on that thing. It's got a really uh, cool uh, guitar, like op- acoustic solo opening at the beginning yeah. and stuff like that. Um, but uh, yeah, I, 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 I really like Go ahead. I don't dislike the song. I love the version that they play in the middle of when they're when the Jesus is dancing in the movie. But <laughs> yeah. I don't think that's the Eagles. <laughs> no, 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 it's not. <laughs> so, oh, that, that that dance is amazing, and I, I need to I need to learn it. So, I thought this film really held up. I, you know, I if you didn't know it was made in '98, I, I do think if you just watched it, you wouldn't even think about it. Um, but is this a movie that you, uh, would recommend to other people checking out if they haven't seen it before? For sure. Yeah, I definitely would. There, there's some, some things watching that through our lens today, uh, would not pass, you know, the, the whole, um, Saddam thing, uh, yeah, that, that kind of treatment. But one thing that was kind of funny was it when the dude is describing the peeing on the rug and he's describing the Chinaman and Walter of all people bust out with dude, that's not the, their preferred <laughs> nomenclature. <laughs> and then he goes on to Oriental, which it's like, yeah, Walter, that's not the preferred nomenclature. either. <laughs> I, I want to know, I, I think John Goodman is amazing in this movie. Now, I, I think he's an actor. I, I do think he's a beloved actor. I, I feel like he's overlooked. It's almost, I don't know. I know this type of role is not something that would normally uh, garner like an Oscar nomination. Um, but I, all his roles, he he's always amazing in. Um now this show now I didn't grow up watching Roseanne, but we even watch the Connors right now uh, that's on TV. And I, I'm not, I'm not championing it for being like the best sitcom ever on it there, but like he's, he's terrific in it. He, you know, he, um, have you seen the righteous gemstones on HBO? I have not, but oh. I, I did grow up watching Roseanne. We, we used to watch it all the time um, yeah. until the controversy with her, you know, with the, the opening pitch that she threw out, uh, at, at which point my parents said we couldn't watch anymore. But, um, other than that, yeah, the, and then I've, I watched the first couple of seasons of the Connors when it came out and I thought he had just gotten even better. It, oh yeah. That. I mean, it, he's just fantastic. He is. Yeah. I mean, he's, you know, he's Sully, you know, from Monsters Inc. <laughs> I mean, right. Yeah. But, um, man, I just feel like, when he he passes away that like i think people will be surprised by how much he has brought uh to the you know movie world and 
he obviously used to headline, I think, some more movies like in the early '90s and stuff, kind of based off that Roseanne fame. But he—he's. Have you seen Barton Fink by the Coen Brothers? I think I have. Um, yeah. I don't think I was wowed by it. But. Yeah, but uh, you know he's also he, he's always been a fixture in their movies. You know he was in Raising Arizona as well right. and stuff like that. But I, I he is, I mean he is so it's almost like his his movie almost more so <laughs> than the dudes almost at some point he's in it you yeah. know so, so much. But it's so great because he's not you know you would think usually somebody of his size is kind of character you know typecast. Mm-hmm. It, but I mean he just has a range of characters that he plays. Yeah. Uh, gr- gr- growing up, uh, you mentioned <laughs> in a fundamentalist uh, Christian household, I, I think you would appreciate the righteous gemstones. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's what I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> I, and I also wanted to know uh, before we kind of close this conversation out. Um, another thing I love about the Coen brothers is their camera work and, you know, the cinematography and in particular, what they do with these bowling scenes is amazing. So yeah. I, mean, I was, I was trying to read up a little bit about how they did that one shot with the, looks like the cameras inside the bowling ball, yeah. you know? Yeah. It, um, but uh, even, even though like the dreamlike scenes that happen, um, yeah. you know, some of those are definitely odes to different times of, Hollywood film and stuff like that. Right. Even though those scenes, I will say, take me personally out of the films, the film a little bit, you know. Uh, but still, I think there's, I, it's just they're just having a lot of fun. Recommendations. I always like to hear what other people are maybe listening to. I know it's not the Eagles or watching or reading <laughs> or. Uh, is there anything that you've been enjoying lately? Um, you know, I'm behind on so many shows just at the the place of life I'm at right now. But, um, one show that I did watch that's kind of tied to Lebowski is the old man, which is the the Jeff Bridges show that was on, uh, I think what last year. Yeah. Um, Yeah. On FX on Hulu. Yeah. yeah, Right. Yeah. Fantastic show. Yeah. Um, yeah, we, we watched that as well. Um, in particular, the first couple of episodes are pretty, uh, pretty thrilling to say the least, you know, right. I, I, I was a little like, it was kind of a surprise hit for FX. So I believe they're actually making a second season when Good. they, when they originally made it, it was just going to be a mini series. Uh, and so I almost kind of wish it would have just stayed that, uh, personally, but, uh, yeah. yeah, it's kind of hard to see where it's going to go, but yeah, it, it lost. We'll, we'll find out. Yeah, it lost Whitney a little bit and the flashbacks and like the younger self and things like that. But, um, yeah, yeah um, he's, I mean, Jeff Bridges, I mean, he's, he's, he's good in almost anything he does. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, another one that, um, I think just wrapped was Atlanta. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it, it's kind of kind of Lebowski-ish. I mean, you know, it starts For out sure. very very much as a uh, show about a rapper and uh, touring and trying to make that life, and just by season, I think it was four, just is a completely different show. With you don't know what kind of what to expect walking in each week. So 
Yeah, Atlanta is amazing. I'm I'm working through the final season right now, but it's always a show I love. And I it how rare how rare is it to go into a TV show not knowing what to expect, but also right. feel, but also feeling comfortable and that you'll be satisfied by what you get. You know, uh, yeah, right. Ama- amazing group of a- actors, and yeah, they just they really take chance they really take chances on that show, <laughs> and it, yeah, right. Not for everybody, but I love it. I, I think that last season, especially, there were probably two or three episodes where about halfway through, I had to pause just to make sure I was still watching Atlanta because <laughs> there wasn't a, a main character in the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> My recommendation is a little, a little different than the other things I recommended in the past. If people know me, uh, they know that I love the TV show Survivor. Uh, is that a show that you watch? It is. It is. Uh, I have not. I have not been watching this season though. So okay. No spoilers. Uh, well, I'm not spoiling that because uh, Survivor, the show itself. But what I'm recommending is they came out with the official Survivor podcast uh, this year, and it's called On Fire with Jeff Probst. And um, anyway, the podcast is actually really good, and it's not even. They probably hit on the actual episode that occurred. They probably talk about maybe like two or three minutes, but it's actually more of the podcast is about the show itself and like how the art department works and how they come up with the themes. And anyway, it's it's really fascinating. It was a surprise. At first I was kind of like, you know, I say this as I'm recording a podcast. Everybody has a podcast these days. So when they were like, oh, here's the Jeff Probst podcast about Survivor, I was kind of like, ah, like how good could this, you know, is it just a vehicle you know, to say, Hey, survivor has a podcast now, but it's actually very, if you love the show, it's really insightful and to, you know, how, how they make it. Uh, it's really, really good. And so, um, uh, I, I think honestly, if you're not watching this season yet, you could probably still listen to the podcast and not right. remember what they even talk about and then watch the season, <laughs> the season right. later or something like that. But yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, it's, it, it's really good. So if you're a survivor fan, if anything, um, if you like reality TV, I think it's kind of a behind the scenes look of how like a show like this, like gets made. You, okay. you like the immunity challenges, you kind of take for granted what you see on the screen. And when, when you right. hear about, when you hear about like how much it takes to make such things, it's pretty amazing. So oh, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, the, just setting up those courses and figuring out how, how long it's going to take. It's yeah. gotta be a nightmare. Yeah, as he jokingly says, he's like, you know, people always get mad at us because they're like, you built the challenge for so-and-so to win. And he's like, are you kidding? We built that challenge like six months ago. <laughs> you know, how, <laughs> how were we supposed to know that, you know, Tony would win that, you know, challenge? You right. Know? So, yeah. Next week, uh, we're going to prepare for the Winter Olympics. I know we're going into summer, but we're going to jump back into the 50 best rom-coms list to discuss number 36 on the list, The Cutting Edge. Is that a movie that you've seen before? I don't think I have. Okay. <laughs> ice skating, that. I'm guessing. Yes, it's ice skating. Yes. Uh, it's it's one of Whitney's favorites. So she's she's going to have her triumphant return to the uh, podcast and join me for that one. Uh, so you need that. That's you need, not the Will Ferrell movie, is it? No, no. That's Blades no. of Glory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, no, this, uh, it's been a little while since I've seen it. It'll be fun to watch it again. It's, it's a PG film. So I think it's one we'll probably plan to get the girls to watch with us. I remember the best thing I can remember about it is like, it's, it's pretty campy, but it's not trying to be campy, but that's kind of what makes it good. (laughs) So 
Remember to visit moviesarelife.com for episode reviews and more. And don't forget to rate and subscribe to our podcast. Uh, that helps us discover new listeners. And uh, remember, we're on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. So follow us there because we always share a lot of great content, movie reviews about other movies that we don't necessarily cover on this podcast. So, Matt, I want to thank you again for joining me and, and inspiring me to revisit this uh, great film. Uh, because, as I mentioned, it was just a lot of fun to watch this again. So uh, thanks for taking the time to do this. Yeah, thanks for having me on and just remember you know there's somebody like the dude out there making sure every somebody's taking it easy for the rest of us <laughs> exactly <laughs> with that i think the best way to close this is the dude abides exactly <laughs> all right talk to you later bye bye